shit could get menacing, frightening, find help, sometimes I scare myself, myself. That was Lionel Messi missing a penalty today on day three of the 2018 FIFA World Cup and what a World Cup it has been so far. Thank you for joining me. This is Andrew Conway doing the day three of the World Cup Diaries for Total Football podcast. Declan is away today and I will be taking over for this short little interstitial between our main podcast shows. Today was the longest day of the World Cup for the entire tournament. There was four matches on today. Starting off this morning, we had France undertake their first game with this new exciting team led by Paul Pogba, Kylian Mbappe, Antoine Griezmann, the man who's staying at Atletico Madrid apparently, and many other young, exciting French players. But the only thing that really came out of that match is that we still have the old manager still in charge in Didier Deschamps. A man who, while bringing Monaco to losing the 2004 Champions League final, has not done much else in his career to endear himself to those, say, tactical purists or people who want to bring through youth. And it showed again today, like the French showed off their amazing, amazing creativity and skill. But unfortunately, were left lacking when it came to incisive tactical plans and they weren't able to really break down the Australians very much at all during the match. And the Australians created plenty of little breakaway chances themselves. And at the end of the day, it was an unfortunate own goal by the Australian defender off a Paul Pogba shot that just went in over the line that gave an absolute crucial victory to the French in that first match. And while we're on that French match, let us just have a quick moment for VAR. What an achievement it is that this VAR thing has come in and it has gone relatively well so far. We've seen it being used in several matches today. Several penalties were given, including a missed penalty in the second match of the day. Bit, or rather, it was the third match of the day between, it was between the two component Patriots, which I completely forgot, but it was Peru uh, against Denmark, the two teams in red, or the two teams were red in their colours anyway, and the unfortunate Chavez missing that penalty from the spot with a horrific penalty over the bar. But the, the, the referee did, you know, was alerted by the VAR team to go over to the sideline check what was going on, and go and do it. And you have to admit, that was the rules working to the best of their ability. Away from that match, we also had the Argentinians playing against Iceland, and as we said in the introduction, Messi, you know, it was a contrast yesterday where Ronaldo was a Ronaldo show, really, when he drew with Spain 3-all, scoring a hat-trick, a free kick, and a penalty, and winning the penalty as well as a, a fortuitous second goal. But Messi today doing what he does best for Argentina, which is drag them to a point where they can get within victory and then not having enough to bring them over the line. And he proved that again, missing the penalty, that, of course, the Icelandic goalkeeper having an inspired day in Iceland's first ever match in the World Cup. It's been a while since we've had a completely new participant in the World Cup and we'll have another one tomorrow with Panama, but or on Monday rather with Panama. But, you know, it's to be respected that the, how should we say it, the underdog has really come up great trumps today against Messi and his Argentina side. Really did show us that Argentina do have an issue when it comes to 
the rest of the team, particularly as the base midfield and the creativity, the creative hub of the team is very much based on those attacking players, the Agueros, the Messi, as we spent, the, we said. It's it's not the best. It's not the best advertisement for Argentina in football in general, and it did take, you know, a bit of doing to not pull off a victory against an Icelandic side, which it has injuries, which isn't playing to their fullest of ability, and this is an Icelandic side that is very fortunate to even be in the World Cup, given, of course, their playing pool in contrast to almost every other team in the World Cup. Argentina, no exception among those, and it took the great hands toward Halgerson to deny Messi another goal and another penalty and to keep Ronaldo ahead in the say, bragging rights between the two great players of this age. With that match, you know, out of the way, it gave the other two participants in the so-called Group D, Group of Death, Mex- not Mexico, Nigeria and Croatia, a chance to actually get a foothold in the group and to solidify their position as perhaps potential group winners. And they did that this evening in Russia. And while probably the weakest match we've had today, it kind of gave us an idea of probably how this group was going to go. Before the tournament started, I did think that Nigeria would have a better chance than most of getting, and than most previous World Cups have been involved, of getting out of the group and going far, despite having one of their less talented, not that it isn't untalented, but one of their less talented squads. And in this case, Nigeria just weren't up for it, or they they just still couldn't show what they could do. Croatia controlled the game for large segments of the match. You could see the class and Luka Modric and Rakitic and but Mandzukic and you know Subotic and goal was was good with its distribution and the defense was fairly clever in what they did. They were muscling out the young Nigerian attackers. Alexander Wobi, despite having a couple of volleys that were blocked, I remember from some set pieces, was really quiet during the match. Uh, there was some bad play really from from a couple of the other players in the team like Musa kept getting caught in midfield in possession because he, he wasn't offloading the ball quick enough and the Croatians despite their advancing age and despite their lack of you know pace through the side were able to seemingly quick, get quicker to the, every ball and it showed in the end when they won 2-0 and they were comfortable they did flatter them in 2-0 with this goal, goal line one of the despite the first day's goals from Russia, it's it's still one of the largest goal differences, goal mar- winning goal margins there's been in the t- competition so far. And, you know, it really puts Nigeria into a into a rough state as we as we end their first match day. And while this started very optimistic for them where Argentina dropped points and, you know, the the expectation was that Iceland will be the whipping boys of the group and they could still prove to be when a more functional side comes up against them in that group. Now, Nigeria will be probably favourites to finish bottom of that group without progression because you'd have to expect that Messi and Co will, you know, bear in mind that they will have to win their last two games to be guaranteed of advancing in this group. They will put it up to Argentina or they will put it up to Nigeria and probably Croatia in the next two matches. And Croatia are in a perfect position now where all they really need to do and focus on that game against Iceland, get the three points from that game, and they're away in this group, they're away into knockout stages, and, you know, with the skill and quality they have when it comes down to it, the, you know, pragmatism wins out in the World Cups more often than not, and if they keep solid in the back, and they have Mandzukic running the channels, 
with Modric and Rakitic really creating and stringing balls together and tearing opposition midfields and defences apart with really clever balls. Croatia can go as far as you you know they could possibly go in this in this tournament. It's something to be you know very, very happy about from a Croatian point of view. When in the last couple of World Cups they've done very badly. They were in, you know, not the easiest groups, but they were in Brazil with Brazil last time round, and they didn't show the good side of themselves despite having a very similar squad to they have now. But this could be their opportunity to go further in the tournament than we all could have expected. Like personally, before the tournament started, I thought Nigeria would be the the one to get through in this in this group. But I've been proved wrong many times before. I thought Real Madrid would get knocked out in every round of the Champions League last season, and they won it in the end. And Croatia could dumbfound me and at least get out of this group. Going back to earlier in the day, and we'll speak just a little bit more about France. They were scintillating at times, killing Mbappe's pace, his ingenuity, some of the touches Griezmann had up front when he, I think he took down the ball a few times with the back heel, the other attacking players throughout the side, the young, the young defenders coming through despite, you know, being a bit naive on the ball and going too far forward without leaving exposed space behind them, and Kante not really being up to his absolute best. The French were fantastic at times and very skillful and easily the most, you know, skillful team I've seen so far at this World Cup, and that's saying something at last night's match between Spain and Portugal, who were putting the flair on for everybody. But, as I said at the outset of the show, Didier Deschamps remains the problem there. He lacks a certain finesse in his coaching. He doesn't seem to have a plan B if his initial, okay, get the ball to our quick strikers quickly. If that doesn't work, he has nothing in the tank to support it. He sent on Olivier Giroud to try and shake things up later on, and injured, still injured, head wrapped Terry Butcher styles Olivier Giroud, and you know it, it was it was from a French point of view it was quite kind of disappointing. You had I saw comparisons on Twitter between you know, when did Didier Deschamps become Jose Mourinho, and I think that's a bit harsh. There was an awful lot of long balls coming from the back. Pogba was kind of cut off from the attacking triumphant at times playing very deep in midfield and why that gave him an option to put through true balls the Australians were eating them up all day the Australian goalkeeper had a good day a lot of the Australian players had a good day and you know they weren't really shown off to be the weak team that they were thought of before the tournament started in fact it made them look good and if it wasn't for perhaps the VAR decisions on the penalty and on the goal crossing the line, the second goal, the own goal crossing the line, maybe things could have been a lot different. But you see, the the, the thing is, we're in there now. We're in the, the world where VAR exists and goal line technology is being used and you know being exploited for the goodness that it can give to the game and no one can really question it. But can France rely on that luck happening every round and every match day? I don't know if they can, and we're looking at the other teams in this group, like Denmark, were were underwhelming to say the least, and I'll speak about them more in a few minutes, but Peru were much better than I thought they were going to be, and they were creative, and they led from the back, and they played the ball out from the back, and their goalkeeper seemed solid, by the, the goal he conceded, he seemed to be strong in crosses, and you know, not a kind of weak link that you might expect from a team that just about qualified for the World Cup. 
And France, you know, they've got young and inexperienced players in a lot of positions. These Peruvians could do something to them. And as well as that, the Danish players will not have that same unknown factor about them that say, the Peruvians had for the Danes. And they could go in there without fearing this French side. And they could give France a lot of problems. And I know France already have the three points. They will be you know, not favourites to go through, but they're in a very strong position to go through at this point. It's, you know, it's not very... I wouldn't be overly encouraged if you was a France fan going into the next match against Peru. That's all I can say. Now, Denmark, they were not the same team that comprehensively destroyed the Republic of Ireland in the playoff scoring with scoring those five goals in, in the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. They were a long way away from that. And it's funny, but you never think you would say it, but they are missing Nicholas Bentner up front. They had a kind of aimless striking going on at the time. They couldn't string balls together up front. They couldn't retain the ball up front. They were, they were pinned back and pushed back at every available opportunity by the Peruvians. And they really did look like the weakest European side that's played so far. And that's, you know, that's including the fair Icelandics that, that put up such a good show against the Argentinians. And if I were Dane, you know, they did get the victory to that Holston goal in the second half. But I would be worried about the last two matches because Australia were no mugs today. They were better than they expected. Tim Cahill is still looking for that goal that he can come on and score. And all a team really needs to do against the Danes, it seems, is to get a good striker on the board and maybe Kasper Schmeichel's luck will run out in the next in the next match day. So those are a bit review of the of the day three of the World Cup in Russia twenty eighteen. What do you think about the World Cup so far? Do you have any views? Do you have any comments about these World Cup tires? If so, please get in touch at the tfpod at gmail.com, the Total Football Pod on Facebook and Twitter or on, on Instagram and let us know what you think about these and if you if you want us to keep doing them. Um, until tomorrow when I believe Declan will be back again with another diary. I've been Andrew Conley. Thank you for listening.